We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hyden, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you, and I'm thrilled to have you here for another episode. If there is ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, here's a way that you can connect with me. LinkedIn is a channel that you're going to find me most active on. Search for Lori Hybe. You can simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand your customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Tiffany Cooley. Tiffany, mother of three, wife, content creator, forever sun-kissed, and CMO at Wantable, has over 15 years of experience in marketing and retail. Prior to taking on her role at Wantable, Tiffany was the vice president of marketing for a large multi-billion dollar retailer before the age of 30. In addition, she's had the opportunity to consult for Fortune 500 companies, helped lead several major retailers and mentor teams across the country. Tiffany, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have you here. I know our our mutual friend was definitely excited and eager to connect us, so it's going to be a great conversation today. Great. I'm super excited. Um, Let's talk about Wantable as a brand. What's your vision, mission? How does that align with your personal brand? Yeah, um, I was fortunate to get in um, in managing and leading a number of teams at Wannable about four years ago. Um, we've definitely evolved in a brand, and my perspective on branding is that it is a living, breathing thing that you consistently work on and evolve and elevate based on your customers, their dynamic, and so forth. So where we are today um, is that we're here really to fuel self-confidence in our customers, I've said this in many other spaces and many other conversations, but clothing and what you wear and what you put on is a material thing, but it's really the value that that we create and how it makes you feel, finding the right fit, making sure that you feel confident and taking on whatever it is in the world that you have to do that day, whether it's just running to the grocery store doing chores or, you know, going into the office and going into a big meeting. So how you look is how you feel and putting that confidence back in women's lives so that they feel um, ready to take on the day is something that we get behind and is our mission and brand purpose. Um, How does that align with my personal brand? Well, I've always believed in confidence. You kind of have to look the part. You have to like walk the the talk. I'm so bad with analogies, but (laughs) um, so I think that how it aligns with me is I am always looking to lift up others. That's why on the side, I started to get into some things on a personal level um, that are around life coaching and career coaching. So giving people confidence, that validation, 
um, just to make changes and, and feel good about what they're doing is something that I personally believe in as well. Love it. I think that's fantastic. So you've built a lot of teams in your career. Can you tell me how you approach building a successful team and good culture? Yeah, I think this is probably a good spot to explain a little bit about Wantable and why the unique business model that Wantable has has helped me build into some teams and get experiences that I've never had before. Um, Wantable is, I always say, a cross between retail and relationship banking or insurance companies. It's really a relationship brand. We are a subscription, try before you buy retailer. So that is really different than my past retail experience where it's just kind of direct to consumer purchase online or purchase in a store. For that reason, we've got a service model and we have an e-commerce model. So as far as building teams, the cool part about what I've learned at Wannable and what I've been able to, to take on as an executive there is building out teams from customer service to personal stylist to photo and creative and marketing, um, and also to some extent helping build out our engineering team and at times our merchandising team. So um, what I've learned, I guess, in that is whatever the discipline is, there's always different types of people that, that you work with. Sometimes people are focused in a specialty or a specific area and they really want to become a subject matter expert. And some people are really great at people management. What I found is that people earlier on in their career or sometimes even mid-career feel like growth comes just from moving up. And it's like, oh, if I want to grow, I need to manage people or I need to take on this leadership role. And that isn't what career growth always looks like. Um, becoming a subject matter expert and the best in a space can be just as rewarding and just as important and valuable to a company as someone who's leading a team of 100 people. Um, so really, I guess, you know, Wannable's in the business of personalizing. It aligns with how I personalize um, career development plans for my teams or anybody that I mentor. It really is identifying what's going on with an individual, what makes them passionate, what they get excited about to do every day and so forth. So that personalized approach, I think, helps get people to where they need to be when they're in a space that they're confident, they love what they're doing. They're definitely more productive, the quality of work shows, and they get a little bit less of that like emotional fatigue you have when you're trying to tackle things that are a little out of your comfort zone. Oh, I love that. Wow, that's fantastic. So how, how do you balance it all? You're working mom, executive, you've got a side hustle, you're creating content, which is extremely time consuming. What advice would you give to women who are early in their careers and family life and are looking to, you know, make big strides? Well, first, you're never going to feel like it's balanced. So I'm sorry to say <laughs> <laughs> there will never be a point where it's like, oh my gosh, everything is perfectly falling into place. There's good, There's definitely going to be good days where you're like, okay, I've got it. I'm like on point. I'm nailing it. I feel like I conquered the world today. And those days are amazing. But I feel like there's, I kind of describe it a little bit like a pendulum. There are times in your life where you're going to be just pulled. The forces of the, of the universe are like pulling you towards spending time with your family and really focusing on your kids. And my best advice is, when that is happening, go with it. Don't fight it. You might feel guilty about work or your career, 
but you need to do that in order to unlock some things on the, on the career side. There are other times where that pendulum is going to swing and you might need to put in more time, or you may be pulled more to that adult interaction, the, the career, all the things that, you know, that make you excited about your role or your profession or what have you. And again, same thing. There's always going to be the mom guilt. There will always be times when you're thinking I should be over here when I'm there. Um, but I think not fighting it is one thing, um, but also finding creative outlets. There, content creation is something I'm passionate about. It may not necessarily tie to the most important things that I need to do in my role as an executive, but it, when I'm home and I'm looking for you know something to energize me, that's something that I find exciting and it's fun and it's a creative outlet. Um, I also find that based on some of the things that I can do, I can help out small businesses or nonprofit or my kid's school or the activities and clubs that they're in. So I do believe in kind of using some of those superpowers that you have as an individual to give back and that's rewarding and fulfilling. So I think you can kind of get it all and you can have it all. You don't have to pick your kids. You don't have to pick your career. You can do it all if that's what you wish. Um, but you definitely have to be open-minded, um, goal oriented with whatever it is. If you're going to say, I'm going to be home for dinners every day and have a discussion with my children at the dinner table, you have to commit to it just like you commit to going to a big meeting. So, um, I think that's the best advice that I would give. And then early on, just have grace. I mean, I, hopefully you'll find for anyone in that space, like you'll find an employer that, is open. You have leadership that's open and give grace to those things that come up. Kids sicknesses, being at soccer games, being at, you know, whatever type of sports or activity your children are in. And I think making sure you find an employer that aligns with that, with those types of values is also super key. But I, you said so many amazing things there. I'm trying to <laughs> circle back to all of them. First and foremost, I love the, the pendulum analogy when it comes to work-life balance and or family career, you know, however you want to position that. Um, and I, I kind of said, I, I used to say the same thing. It's never, um, I looked at more like a scale, you know, like you're, you're either sometimes maybe it's 70% work, 30% life. And other times it's hundred percent life and, and work has to be put aside because family situations are so important, you know, and, and so it is a, it's a constant, you know, balancing act is really what it is. There is no perfect scenario there. Um, but I'll just loop back to one of the last things you said, which is give yourself a lot of grace. I think that's so important. And so many people today beat themselves up about not being what they are trying to be, but they don't realize and reflect back and say, I'm doing some amazing things right now. And it's okay if I'm not perfect and it's okay if I'm not checking all the boxes that I'm trying to check because um, the world is crazy. <laughs> we just yeah. gotta, we gotta, we gotta give ourselves grace so that we can have um, a positive energy and vibe and, and do the things that we're trying to do. Cause if we keep eating ourselves up, is it, that's an ugly downhill spiral to, yeah. to pursue. Well, and on the theme of confidence, like I was talking about at the beginning, I mean, how many times have you been asked by maybe your boss or somebody important in a, in a company, have you seen my email and you kind of fake it and you feel guilty admitting you didn't. And I think that, you know, especially with coming out of 
the 2020 and how everything has changed. You've got chats, you've got emails, you have texts, you've got calls, you've got video calls and chats within the video calls. I mean, my gosh, we are bombarded with so many things, so much more digital communication. And I think at one point I was just like, you know what? I didn't see it and it's okay. <laughs> I am sorry. I didn't see that. We're communicating in five different other chats and other places or texts or whatever the case is. And you have to, to be comfortable just saying, I am doing everything I can. I'm enough. And yeah, like you said, it's just, it is giving yourself grace and, and that you're human and there's only so much attention and, and bandwidth you have in a day. Oh, yes. hundred percent agree with all of that. All right. This is a, a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Keystone Click. Located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Keystone Click is a strategic digital marketing agency focused on helping their clients generate and nurture opportunities online. For Social Capital listeners, they've created an awesome Guide to Profits booklet featuring 42 tips on how to build brand awareness, generate leads, and nurture those opportunities online. Visit keystoneclick.com backslash profits to download your own guide today. All right, Tiffany. Now the purpose of this show is really focused on relationships and, and networking. To some people, when they hear that word networking, it invokes fear, hesitation, uncertainty. I'm hoping that we can remove some of that um, with you sharing one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to say it's a little thing. A lot of people are probably expecting me to say this like awesome conference or this women's group I got involved in or, um, you know, just something really structured. And to be honest, I think that my philosophy on career growth kind of filters into this. It's all about initiative and it really isn't a really big thing. It's a combination of a bunch of little things. So um, one thing that I did when I started Wannable and I have continued to do um, in the last four years, I didn't do this as much in some of the other organizations that I worked in, which was, you know, now looking back a little bit of a missed opportunity is just talking to people that you don't normally talk to. So setting up a 15 minute touch base, just saying like, hi, how's it going? What's going on in your world? Um, it could even be sending a note. So I purchased from, I forgot what paper store it was this. I'm such a stationary junkie. I purchased this box of cards and it's like, send a card each week to someone that you haven't connected with. It could be a family member, relative, coworker, past coworker. And so it's like little things like that have opened up these amazing conversations and new connections or revived connections that I just haven't had. So I feel like a lot of um, the stigmas, I'm going to this event, I'm joining this organization, I'm committee chair for this XYZ. And to me, some of the most valuable networking is done, you know, one-on-one -on -one where you're just vulnerably sharing, hey, I'm struggling with this topic. Have you ever gone through it personally or professionally? And just really kind of being present in the moment um, with a focus point on one person. And that has a compounding effect over, you know, 52 cards sent over the course of a year, or, you know, even if it's just one coffee date per month that you schedule, that's 12 people, 12 connections that you've got in a year. And then year after year that really builds. I love that. I think that's 
a great, um, fun way to stay in front of people. And uh, um, the handwritten note is so powerful too. And you spoke to this earlier on how just the digital connectivity is amazing, but overwhelming at the same time. And it, it's yeah. fun to get a piece of mail that's not a bill or <laughs> you know, someone actually took the time to write a nice message to you. Yeah, I feel like too in companies at times, it feels like there's silos between teams or, oh, I don't normally talk to that person. So it'd be so weird to talk to them for 30 minutes. They're going to think I'm, you know, investigating what's going on in their space, especially if you're more senior level. But sometimes you really do get more information from somebody who might be two, you know, skip levels or two levels down or in a different team and someone who's like kind of more boots on the ground. Um, There's so many different types of connections that I have really valued and they have come from some of the most unexpected relationships too. Most definitely. How do you stay in front of and best nurture your network? Um, That one, admittedly, I am not always the greatest at. So I'll share where I think there's um, good opportunity, not necessarily something I'm good at. It's something actually that I'm really focused on for this year. For example, I am really bad with keeping up with LinkedIn messages. Again, just that like digital overload, there's messages coming in from every social channel imaginable. So um, I have a concerted effort to try to, you know, just engage a little bit more in some of those networks and just kind of watch messages coming in. Um, I think that's helpful because again, there's sometimes unexpected opportunities or connections that come through that, that channel. Um, the other thing is really just it, everything is about balance. Like we were saying at the beginning, making sure that you're intentional to schedule that time, because it is the first thing that you will put off. And I've been there. I do that. So I'm speaking firsthand. It's the first thing that's got to go. Like when you have a really busy week or a big project, you kind of go into survival mode and it's like feed my kids, get them to where they need to go, feed myself after that, maybe work out if that's even an option. And then everything else kind of goes to the wayside after the to-do list. So I think if you are disciplined and schedule, okay, I'm going to just take 20 minutes a week, 10 minutes a day, whatever your schedule allows for to do that and just do those check-ins. I think that's probably the best way. It can feel daunting if you don't do it for four months and then all of a sudden, you're trying to catch back up and then all of a sudden you're lost in three hours of messaging. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Being intentional about it is the most important and putting it on your calendar and honoring yes. that spot in the calendar. But yeah, we all have fires and chaos that's in front of us constantly, but um, that, that long-term nurturing investment will definitely pay dividends. So as easy as it is to shrug it off till you know, the bottom of the to-do list, um, it has way more importance than some of the immediate fires that are in front of us. Totally. Here's a fun one for you, Tiffany. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Yeah. Um, 20-year-old self, I would have told to travel way more. Um, Travel has a completely different lens when you're 20 single with no children than when you're a consultant and you're in your 30s and you have children. Um, The 
availability, the time to just extend a trip or get there early to explore a different city, like that is the time. So if you're in that space, 100%, you need to be doing that. Um, I would also say that, you know, in my 20s, I feel like it was very career focused, which was great. But I did, I would also say, make sure that as you're working through all of the career things that you have as goals and the side hustles or whatever it is that that you're striving for, make sure that you still carve time out to figure out who you are. I, I know a lot of people that I even coach and work with on my teams today that, you know, they're in their 30s and they're like, I don't know who I am. And that's okay. We all go through that. There are days where I don't know who I am, but I think that, um, just taking that time too to like, take care of you, figure out like what your passions and hobbies are so that when you do have like crazy work weeks, you have an outlet connecting with friendships. So you have those long lasting friendships going into the next decades of your life. I think those are really important times where you're making some of your longest lasting friendships. Um, you're building out some of the things that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. So as much as you want to put everything into your career at that point, I think it's also really important to invest that much into to taking care of yourself. Um, and that includes exploring the world and traveling. Oh, yeah. I, I have similar thoughts about that. I think... Um... The, the more I explore, the more I realize there's more I want to explore. There's more I want to learn. There's more perspectives and experiences out there. And I, I can only imagine if I was, when I was younger, if I was exploring to the depth that I want to be exploring now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it just, the more experiences you have, the more perspective you have the, the greater you appreciate other people's perspectives and opinions too. I think the word perspectives is absolutely it. Whether it's like you're traveling to a different country and you get a different perspective on what we have, or you get a different perspective on other cultures, family values, and how that, you know, that works. And you can even in your own life infuse some of those values that maybe um, you didn't have as clear of a sight into um, so I think that cultural aspect, whether it's just in different, I, I mean, there's many cultures and cities, many cultures and businesses, many cultures, obviously across the board or across the globe. So, um, so yeah, I think that perspective piece, like that's really, that's really key so that you can be grateful and you can not just think about what you don't have or the things going wrong. That perspective just helps you have a little bit more of a positive outlook and, I've been doing a little bit of journaling lately, which is something I like never did up until recently. Um, and it's just this five minute a day journal exercise. And I really do believe in that power of like selective perception. You know, they say, if you're looking for this car, you're going to see that car now everywhere. Totally. Yep. Yep. If you're looking for the negatives, you will see the negatives everywhere. Mm. And the perspective piece is really helpful in, in gaining that gratefulness and positivity. Love it. All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something you'd like to ask me? Yeah, I guess I would love to hear a little bit about what are some of the challenges that you hear from your guests? Like you talk to so many different people. Um, we're definitely in a very dynamic space right now. I know digital marketing, we both have a lot in common with. So what post mid post pandemic are you hearing about now um, as being some of the biggest challenges that your guests are facing? Yeah, I think um, 
I don't think they're going to be anything new or surprising, but the two major things are the the labor and the supply chain areas. Yeah. Those those two are just the the most painful spots where you know that the the sales are up, but we don't have people to produce the work, or we we've got the orders in, but I don't have the raw materials to actually make the product. So, um, yeah. and that just that hurts on <laughs> so many different levels. It does. It does. We, I've experienced that um, within our business at Wantable as well. Um, and we've been able, very fortunately, to overcome things, but we've had to put in some pretty creative solutions along the way. But yeah, no, that definitely is something that resonates with me. Yeah, the, the creative solutions is what it's all about nowadays is, um, you know, you can't, whatever works, two plus years ago and beyond just doesn't yeah. work anymore. And so if you're not going to innovate and, and evolve, uh, you're going to, you're going to either slowly or quickly die and fade yeah. away. I told my team, like maybe it was two weeks ago. We, uh, we worked through just as a very data centric organization and, uh, test and react is kind of at the heart of anything we do, whether it's in merchandising or marketing or technology. Um, when you're iterating, you're iterating on what worked. And sometimes now because of the dynamics of the labor market, or like you said, supply chain, I'm like, you know, this is a time where, you know, you might normally operate in one to two deviations away from what worked. We need to start trying some completely out of the box, a little bit more radical innovation. So if you were thinking like, this is two deviations away from our norm, like let's get to 10, like let's Mm -hmm. really do some creative thinking and do something a little bit more innovative. So we've been kind of operating with that mantra with the guardrail of it must move the needle. That's kind of one of the the things Mm -hmm. that there are so many different things to try. The dangerous space of innovation is you try a lot of things and you kind of end up at the same spot. So those are two things that we're using as kind of our, our North star, if you will, through some of these times. Yeah. Love it. Um, Tiffany, I know you have a great offer for our listeners. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So I mentioned I'm just kind of getting started doing some things kind of on the side to help with that that personal brand value that I have of helping lift confidence in others, whether you're mid-career, early career, late career, whatever it is. Um, so I do have a website. It's spilledtea.com. So spilledtea, just the letter t.com. If you go there, you can find my social channels. Um, Feel free to direct message me on Facebook or Instagram for a 10-minute free career coaching session. Um, I will say Instagram is my favorite. As you heard me say, I'm not as great at LinkedIn, but Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whichever you choose, I'd be happy to sit with you and chat for 10 minutes. All right. Uh, We will. That's an amazing offer. We'll include all that information in our show notes. Any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Um, no, I think we covered a lot of it. Again, I guess I would just reiterate. It's just, it's the little things. And I can't stress that enough. I think you'll you'll get a lot of rewards by focusing on those small gestures. Absolutely. If anyone was, well, you shared a lot of your contact info, but if there's anyone interested in getting in touch with you, um, beyond, uh, just that, that, uh, initial 10 minute call, um, any other recommendations, otherwise just LinkedIn, Instagram. Yeah, no, you can. Yeah. My email, you can include in the show notes as well. It's Tiffany at spilled All right. 
again, we'll include that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. All right. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Huge thank you to Tiffany for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. Connect with Tiffany, connect with me. We're definitely both looking forward to hearing from you. I hope you enjoyed today's show. And most importantly, reach out and connect with someone. Reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go and build those relationships. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.